Good morning, everyone. We are in week two of this new message series called Sundays. My name is Joel Berry, and I'm so glad that you have joined us this morning as we dig into this second message in this series. Last week, Pastor Alex talked about singing, and this whole series is what why do we do what we do on Sunday mornings? And singing, why do we sing? What's the value of it collectively as a group and individually? And this week we're digging into engaging the Word. What does that mean to look at the Bible and engage it, not just look at it? And so we're going to talk about that a little bit, but I want to look at Colossians chapter 3, verse 16, which is a verse that Pastor Alex referred to last week. Let's read that right now, and I want to just chat a little bit about this and how it applies to what we're going to be looking at today. So Colossians 3.16 says this, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. So letting the word of Christ dwell richly in you, that's what we want to look at today is how do we get engaged with the word of God to where it makes a difference in our life. You know, the the Bible is more than just a book. It's not a novel to be read. It's actually a map to be followed. And that's a different perspective um, if you have that perspective to see how you're going to engage the Word of God. When I was six years old, I started to play soccer. And um, I didn't know really how to play, but I was on a team. And one of my first games, it might have been my first game, I remember getting the ball and I had made it all the way to the other team's goal. If you know anything about soccer, the goal is to score a goal on the opponent's goal and then ultimately score more goals than them. So by the end of the game, you win, right? The goal is to win. So I got down to the other end. There was a couple defenders and a goalie, and I got that close to the goal, doing pretty well. And in my mind, I thought, that's a good start. And I just kind of kicked the ball away, and the defenders got it, and the play went out of bounds or went down the field, and that was it. And I still think about that moment to this day. Like, I don't know what I was thinking, but I did not stay engaged. I was engaged all the way down the field till I get to the goal, and I was like, eh, that's good. Let's, let's call it a day. And so I did kind of thing, and I, I didn't score a goal, and it affected, obviously, the outcome. I didn't get any points. Our team didn't get any goals for getting close to the goal. And it's the same with engaging the Word of God. It doesn't count. It doesn't make a difference in our life if it sits on our shelf near where we are in the house or it sits on an app on our phone that we never open, but it's close, it's in our pocket. Um, How do we get into the Word of God and actually begin engaging it? You know, it's like a compass, it's like a level. You know, if you've done any construction work, or even if you've just hung a picture in your house, you know that there are certain items that really help with that. A compass lets you know where you're going. North, south, east, west. And the thing about a compass is, it's not driven by emotion. You don't have a compass and it says, I'm kind of feeling like east is over here today. I I mean, I know it's over there, but maybe it could be over here. You don't get that from a compass. You just get the true directions, north, south, east, and west. And that's helpful. That's what the Bible is for us. We don't want to be led by emotion. We don't want uh, to follow our hearts. We don't want to let what we're feeling dictate how we make decisions. That goes for where we live. We don't want it to dictate what jobs we take. We don't want it to dictate how we respond or don't respond to someone on social media. We don't want to act out of emotion. And the Word of God is a map. It's like a compass and says, this is the direction to go, and you're going to get to the best life ever if you trust me. But if we decide to disregard that and not engage the Word, we're going to find ourselves uh, wondering. And then we're going to find ourselves on certain paths that aren't helpful and maybe causing damage that could take years or generations to untangle 
if we're not careful. And so there's real value in digging into this. And we're going to look at Proverbs 4 this morning, and it's going to be in verses 20 through 21. My son, pay attention to what I say. Listen closely to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart. And now Proverbs 4, 25 through 27, we're going to jump a few verses down. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Make level paths for your feet and take only ways that are firm. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from evil. So what we see here is that disregarding God's word is is not what we want to do. We actually want to pay close attention to it. We want to carefully look at the word and not go to the right and not go to the left, but stay on the path that scripture instructs because there's great value, there's great help, and we were actually created to be on track with God, not to be in opposition to Him. And the Bible and the truths of the Bible help us stay on that track. We don't want to disregard those things. Now, I mentioned like hanging a picture earlier. If you've ever done that, uh, you know that you're, you're really close to the picture or the whatever you're hanging on the wall, the sign. Um, and I've done that before where I've hung it up, I've nailed it, and it looks great from right here. You know, I'm right in its face. And then my wife may come in and say, did you use a level? To which I say, why would I need a level? And then when I step back and get her perspective from farther away, I say, oh, that is crooked. Now, then the next wise step would be go get the level and do it right. But that's not always how I operate. Sometimes, you know, much like engaging the Word of God, I say, well, I think I got it this time. And so even sometimes we step back from the, the situation we're in and we get God's perspective and we're like, oh, that's a good idea, God, but I think I've got a better one. I'm going to go try it again. And you end up with a bunch of holes in the wall from my experience. So you want to be aware of that, that a level is similar to the Bible in the sense that if we follow the instructions, we're going to get things right the first time and we don't have to endure a lot of hardship, broken relationships, and a lot of just heartache and trouble that could be avoided by trusting God and obeying His Word in the first place. You'll see verse 27 here again says, Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from evil. We don't bend God's Word to what we want. We actually shift to get in line with His Word to do what it says. Um, That's the idea. God has been around a lot longer than us, and He actually loves us. If someone comes and dies for you to keep you from a horrific outcome and eternal separation uh, from heaven and from God's presence, they can be trusted. And when God gives us His Word in the 66 books that make up the, the Holy Bible, it can be trusted. And instead of saying, I see this, God, I know what your Word says, don't swerve to the right or to the left, but I really want to do this. We have to decide, are we going to be the person that's right up against the picture thinking we've got it straight, or do we want to have God's perspective and step back and get an objective view and say, okay, this isn't right. God, can you give me help on how to go forward? Because it's going to really matter. You think about that. You may have had a bad week behind or a tough week ahead, and you you need God's perspective in the Bible. I need it. We need it. And sometimes even getting to church or even engaging online and and, and watching service online can be a challenge. You've got other things going on and distractions, uh, but you made it here. You're here, and God wants to speak to you. So we want to make ourselves available and then engage. And God actually uses these times on Sunday mornings 
to help engage the Word and see how we can apply it to life. You know, the Bible, it's like a compass and it's like a level, but it's also like an MRI and a mirror. If you know anything about those two things, that they're very different. A mirror reflects what is on the outside. And you can see your face, you can see if you've got food in your teeth and mustard on your face or whatever it may be so that you can fix it, right? It reflects what's going on on the outside. An MRI uh, lets you know what's going on on the inside, something that you can't see with the naked eye. It reveals maybe issues or problems. And the Bible can be a lot like that, where there may be things we're not aware of and we read the Bible and we think, oh, this is important to God. I need to pay attention to this. Oh, I don't, I don't do that. I hadn't thought that way before. But, but God says it's important, so I should, I should pay attention to it. So let's look at Hebrews 4.12 right now together. It says, For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So the word cuts to the core of who we are. The word of God can reveal a lot about us, and it's not compartmental. Uh, the Christian life is not compartmental like Sunday mornings. I listen about God and the other, rest of the week I don't. Now, our time here, we do look at the Word and there can be things that are brought to your attention that you can dig into more in the week. And the idea is that on your own, the other six days of the week, that you are looking at the Word of God and letting God speak to you and reveal His truth to you. And sometimes that can come in the form of conviction where you realize you're off track on something or you had the wrong perspective or the wrong opinion and then able to get back in line with that. And the other reason is that we can encourage each other to do that as we're in relationship with each other. So those are crucial things that we want to be aware of. And I also want to look at James chapter 1 verses 22 through 25 as it talks about the mirror, like I'm mentioning now. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in the mirror, for he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he is like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. So James is reminding us in these verses to keep doing. This is not uh, just something that we read about, like I mentioned earlier, but this is something we actually engage in and we work it out. Now, our salvation isn't contingent on our works. Jesus accomplished all that on the cross. His death and resurrection restored our relationship with God. If we have confessed our sins and, and accepted His gift of salvation, we have salvation in Christ. We are not working our way to that. But as we get to know God, we want to live for Him. We want to live life His way and follow His instructions because that's what we were created for. And so it's in the doing. Again, this is not a novel to be read, but a map to be followed. And there's a life that we were created for in line with the truth of Scripture. And the other thing here is that we're all in this together in the sense that there's areas of growth that you have. There's areas of growth that I have that we can be working on. And we're in this together. We're not trying to say that we're perfect and that we are following this perfect, but we're working on it together. And there's actually real courage that you can gain from seeing other people at Ridgeview trying to implement the truth of Scripture into their life. And you'll find people here that have been 
maybe a Christian uh, longer than you and walking with the Lord longer, maybe the same amount of time in some people and maybe less than others. And there's others that are just exploring what it means to follow Christ and deciding if that's something that they're interested in. And that may, and that may be you. But the truth is, through this fellowship and working these things out together, we can gain real courage to see other people doing it. One key thing here, though, is that the Bible is not, it's not about knowledge. It's not about knowing things. Libraries are for knowledge. Schools are for knowledge. But our engaging the Word on Sunday mornings is not so that you can know more. You know, 1 Corinthians 8.1 actually says that love edifies. Knowledge makes arrogant but love edifies. And it puts the emphasis on love there. The way we relate and treat each other really matters. But if it's just about knowledge, you you get arrogant because, oh, I know this and I know that. That is not the point of understanding and reading the Bible. If you know something, but you don't apply it, it's not going to help. If you know where the brake is in your car, but you don't use it at a stoplight, it's not going to help you. And if you know where your Bible is, but you're not opening it to read it and ask God to speak to you through it, it's not helpful. And the growth that is waiting for you is not being experienced yet. So we, we want to be aware of that because that's a, that's a crucial point. And I also want to look now at Romans chapter 2, verse 13. It says this, For it is not the hearers of the law who are righteous before God, but the doers of the law who will be justified. So I mentioned a compass earlier. If you think about a compass, um, it's not a paperweight. It can function as a paperweight, but that's not its design. That's not its purpose. And you know, as you use a compass, uh, you find out the direction and you start traveling and you may enjoy traveling. And you know what? You find the more that you travel, the more you use your compass because you've got places to go. Well, the farther as you grow in your relationship with God, the more you're going to realize his word really matters. And I wonder what he says about this. And I wonder what he says about that. And as I've applied the truth to these situations, I realize there's real life and there's real hope and there's real refreshment and there's real blessing. So I want to keep going down that road. Now, remember James 125, the last in that section that I read earlier from from James. Let's look at that again right now. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in what he's doing. Blessing is in the doing, not the knowing. Do you know that true uh, knowledge or understanding comes from learning experientially? Like an experience. If you've had an experience, um, you remember it. In college, I went to Belize and Guatemala for a biology trip. Now, I can't tell you a ton of what I learned growing up sitting in biology classes, but I can tell you a lot about leafcutter ants in Guatemala because I saw them. And I did you know that their anthills are over 120 feet in circumference? And you can, if you're up in the sky, you can look down aerial views and you can see their anthills. They're that big. And they've got like an army of, you know, ants at night. We went out and looked at them and they would go up the trees and they would cut the leaves. That's how they get their name. And then they'd have little ants riding like on the leaves to keep off any other pests that may try to attack the big ant carrying the leaf. Like it was amazing. Right? And who would have known? But the, I'll tell you how I knew. I went to Guatemala and I went to Belize and I looked at leafcutter ants. And so that experience makes me like sound like a pro on leafcutter ants. The only reason is because I was there with them. I was in the jungle with those things, watching them do their thing. And it stuck with me all these years. And you may have similar experiences where you took a trip or you actually did something 
um, that was talked about and you see the experience. I teach uh, broadcast and cinema at the college level, and there's one thing where I'm sitting with students and we're talking about hypothetical projects. It's a whole nother thing for them to take a camera and lighting equipment and sound equipment and go out and try it. And you know, sometimes the projects don't turn out how they planned but they have that experience and understanding of how the camera works and how the light works. Well, the Bible is our map. And you may go and you're trying to apply it and you find yourself hitting walls and you're saying, this is really difficult. But through learning it and trying to apply and live out the Word of God, you realize like, I have a better understanding of God now and how these works just by the trying of it, even though um, I'm still figuring out and God is gracious enough to love me as I'm understanding and learning His Word. And I think that is a beautiful picture. So we want to be mindful that the doing is crucial. And on Sunday mornings when we talk about the Word, we we know what God's Word says, but we also can understand um, what the next steps maybe we need to take in in applying these things. And you can do that by hearing the Word and also talking to other believers who have actually been working on similar things as you have. So that's another thing to be uh, keeping in, in mind. There's a couple things, lists I want to go through right now just to give you an idea and understanding of what a message on a Sunday morning cannot do and what a message on a Sunday morning can do. So let's, let's look at these together right now. So what a message can't do. By listening to a message on Sunday morning, your life will not magically change. Do you know that? You may hear a sermon that you like or... Uh, some real insightful scripture, and then uh, you head into the rest of your day and you realize your relationships are all the same, your bank account is the same, your job or lack of job is still the same. A sermon is not going to magically change your life. So it's good to know. It's good to know what it doesn't do. Uh, A sermon won't fix your problems. A sermon cannot save you. By attending church and listening to church messages and watching online, you don't earn points that you can cash in for you know, good, good merit among God. You know, you can't, you can't pay for your sins with this stuff. This is, that's what the Romans passage was saying. We can look at that again. It says, for it is not the hearers of the law who are righteous before God, but the doers of the law who will be justified. So it's not about listening to a bunch of sermons and you're justified, but it's actually learning to, to live out the truth of God where we really, it's revealing and shows that we are serious about wanting to, to live these things out. And again, the Bible is meant to be lived out, not just learned about. So this is an application book we want to learn to apply. So that's what the messages on Sunday can't do. Let's look at what the messages on a Sunday morning can do. Uh, I can begin to see a different perspective from the Bible that challenges my own. So there may be an idea you had about certain things, and you look in the Bible and you say, Oh, God has a different view on that. I didn't know that. Right? It could help. God can use a sermon to encourage me. Very possible. You may have heard something in a sermon that really gives you help and perspective. It actually deals directly with something you're going through. It can be really encouraging. God can use a sermon to convict me. And I mentioned that early where you you realize that, oh, there's something that I need to change or correct because I'm off course. A sermon is good for that. I can see a new value that I may want to adopt in my own life. And then finally, the Sunday sermon is also a major tool for getting us all on the same page over just our own ideas or opinions. So, we, we start uh, understanding that the way we relate to each other matters. Now, in connect groups right now, we're going through a book 
that Harold Bullock wrote um, about the hard attitudes, which are the things that we commit to as members of the church here at Ridgeview. And these things are attitudes that are taken from Scripture. And, and incidentally, one thing that Harold, who's the founding pastor of Hope Church in Fort Worth, Texas, says is everybody alive is proving that the Bible is true, either by their obedience or their disobedience. And I think that's apropos to today's message when we're looking at engaging the Word. You can ignore the Word. Your life will still prove that the Bible is true. But it may show, you know, if you live this way, apart from God, you can expect these results. You know, we're all proving the Bible is true. But these hard attitudes that we're looking at in connect groups right now are talk about putting the goals and interests of others above your own and living an open and honest life before God and others. And there's, there's seven of these hard attitudes, but you realize as you start implementing these attitudes in life, you realize that life is sweeter. Fellowship is sweeter. There's relationships I have here at Ridgeview, and I know these people are really working to live out the truth of God, the Bible, engaging the Word by putting my needs above their own, and then I'm trying to focus on putting their needs above mine, and we all feel taken care of, and we all feel very loved because of that, and that's the grace of God, and that's the goodness of God to get a little picture as we try to live out the truth of Scripture, and so that's that's a real value, and I hope that you can see that as you come around Ridgeview and also as you participate in the ministry of the church here at Ridgeview. We are created to live in community together. And in this community, as we learn to live out the Word of God, there's real blessing, and there's some things that we can really gain. Um, we, we learn that the Bible defines what is wrong from right, and so we can line ourselves up with that truth. It provides instructions on how to treat people, which is what I'm talking about, helps us make decisions, uh, gives us help in our finances, and so much more. So we're able to get counsel we need on major decisions from people that we know have our best interests in heart. We're able to get perspective on uh, maybe our finances or just certain relationships from others that are understanding and living out the Word of God as well. So there's just tremendous benefit in the body of believers as we work these things out. In closing today, I wanted to give you some practical ways to get the most out of a message on Sunday mornings. And the way we're going to do this is we're going to look at our senses. So we're going to start with our eyes and then talk about hands, ears, mind, and mouth. So with our eyes, this is something you can even pray on the way to church on a Sunday morning or before you uh, log in online to, to view the service. For my eyes, ask me, God, to remain focused and distraction-free during this time so that I can really hear from you. So that may be the first one. For your hands, take notes on what I'm learning. You know, if you don't write down what you're hearing, there is a very slim chance that very, much of it will be retained in 72 hours. And so writing down and taking notes is a very helpful thing. That may be something you want to do. Ears, ask God to help me hear what I need to hear. Not what someone else needs to hear, but God, will you show me what I need to hear for my life to apply to my situation today? And my mind, ask God to help me think clearly about one thing I need to apply to my life. And mouth, share an insight with someone that you plan to apply, maybe a challenge or a way you were encouraged. So all of these things hopefully will be a help in just preparing to hear God's Word on a Sunday morning, and hopefully it would act as a springboard to encourage you to dig into the Word of God during the week on your own. So as we wrap up today, I just want to uh, thank you for joining us this morning and think through a few next steps. You'll notice today that the next steps are blank. There may be something that God's brought to your attention today, and I just want you to fill that in. And it could be a way uh, to how you're going to approach uh, 
Bible study during the week and reading the Bible or just a next step that you may want to take in asking a question of someone older or wiser than you on how to even start this journey if that's where you are. But just think through what a practical next step is. That's the goal with next steps is what can I practically do this week? These aren't you know, hypothetical, just like we're talking with the Bible. It's it's not like, yeah, it's over there, it's on my shelf, and I know it's there, and it's probably good to read, but or this is a good, this is a good idea for a next step. Find something that's really practical that you can actually take a step toward and implement this week in your relationship with God. Thank you so much for joining us uh, for worship this morning. Let's pray together as we uh, wrap up our service. Dear God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the power that is within your word, that it is sharper than a two-edged sword and it pierces the joints and marrow, soul and spirit. It is something that really has power and moves to the core of who we are. It gives us clarity, gives us direction, gives us hope, and gives us insight, Lord. And we, we just pray that we would be open to what you want to say to us today, but also throughout the week. May we make time for you and listen to you and really experience the sweet fellowship that comes from talking with you, listening to you, and walking with you. And I pray for help to implement whatever our next steps are this week. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.